Hey there, friends. This is Charlie O'Shields, and welcome back to another episode of Sketching Stuff. I always talk about letting my inner child come out to play, and the fact is, that's not just sometimes, but literally all of the time for me. In my heart, I'm never sitting down to make a piece of art, but simply coloring in my coloring book each day. And as many of you know, my favorite thing in the world to color with is watercolor. After releasing a book of illustrated stories last year, I've gotten requests for a book that talks about how I sketch stuff. I wasn't sure what to create. I don't have much of a technique, really, and I'm not an art teacher. I just like to play and jump in and do things each day. That's when the idea hit me. I'll make an activity book like when I was a kid, where you can jump in and scribble doodle color with me for people of all ages and skill levels. So I did that, and the first Sketching Stuff activity book is now available on Amazon.com. Check out SketchingStuff.com for the link. So in honor of my new fun book, here's a fun collection of stories inspired by coloring with watercolor. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Playing with crayons. Crayons were the very first art supply that I ever had. Well, these are actually a new set I got recently because I felt like playing with crayons again. Back then, I didn't think of them as art supplies. They were just a super fun way to color things and have a bit of play. And of course, anything I made back then was more than art. It was a masterpiece beyond comparison. I remember the feeling of pride I felt each time I completed one of my coloring pages. And honestly, not that much has changed today. I'm still a coloring book artist. Only now I make my own drawings first so that it's way cooler that way. And the way I use watercolor is probably a bit closer to the way I use crayons. I use very little water and paint backwards, usually from dark to light. Then I blend things with a drop of clear water and happily pronounce it complete. Only today, I don't have my mom nearby to proclaim each one a masterpiece. And no matter how I try to fight it, I've grown up enough to recognize when one is better than the other. But that feeling of doing it, completing a little coloring page each and every day, that's no different at all. I still get a surge of happiness and a thrill of victory each and every time. Philippe informed me when he saw me playing with crayons that he never liked them, not even as a kid. I was, of course, perfectly aghast at first, but I sort of got what he meant. The colors aren't smooth, and you can't really blend them together easily. But I was having fun playing with them to see what effects I could achieve. When I was done with my crayon masterpiece, it was decidedly in the very same style of my watercolors, only without the smooth blended bits. It was comforting to know that my style has been with me since I was a kid. Only the techniques and tools have changed along the way. And I realized that I probably had to agree with Philippe. Crayons always lacked something for me. That very something that I discovered the first time I tried watercolor. I wanted to mix colors and blend them smoothly. I adored the magic of watercolor and being able to use just three colors to make hundreds. It was truly amazing. But I didn't gravitate toward traditional watercolor painting. Instead, I stuck with my coloring book, well, my sketchbook, which I call my watercolory book, and have enjoyed every little thing I've made appear there. 
even the ones that I felt didn't turn out as expected. My mother usually always has a little pack of crayons on the table at family gatherings. Sometimes the entire table is covered in butcher paper so we can all color to our heart's content. Perhaps this explains my own love of coloring things and color in general. It's been a family tradition my entire life. We've had so much fun coloring together. And what I adore most is that the only expectation is to make something pretty, or at least colorful, on a piece of paper. No pressure to succeed at anything more than simply doing that. That's how I approach my own daily sketchbook practice. Sure, it would be awesome if a masterpiece appeared, but the real masterpiece is my own dogged determination to always show up and make something in the first place. That's the beautiful bit that's sometimes harder than it looks. But even with the slightest amount of time, I've always managed to do it. And I hope each of you out there will try the same. Life is never better than when we constantly make space in it for a bit of creativity. Whether it's splashing watercolors around on paper or reliving days long past and once again, playing with crayons. Making Marbles Once had a prompt of marbles, which I've actually sketched multiple times and love them so much that I even use them in lieu of color swatches. I think I must just have a thing for circles. From my avatar to the doodle wash do icon, everything is basically shaped like a marble. This seems complete and total proof that I'm just a big kid. And though an adult is usually meant to say at heart to a pin that, the reality is that I'm just a big kid. Somewhere along the way, I sort of forgot to grow up. I didn't fight it that much as I find myself turning 48 this month and realize that I somehow forgot to do it. I have so many crazy things on my list of crazy things I'd like to try next that growing up just never made the list. My birthday on April 13th, I requested a Mickey Mouse Lego set and a couple of books filled with children's illustrations. That's it. And worse, I'm not even sure what a grown-up might normally ask for at my age. But I had someone tell me recently that I looked very young, so perhaps my natural mindset is working well. Or if nothing else, I can at least save a bit of money on fancy face creams. Not that I've ever remembered to use them properly anyway. And in my heart, I'm super young, like embarrassingly young. I function at the age before we ever learn to doubt ourselves and our creativity or become competitive with others. I simply think I'm perfectly capable of making awesome things and I think everyone else is as well and love promoting them while they're doing it. It's so much more fun that way too. Like a small child, I simply couldn't do these things alone. I thrive on your lovely comments, and for those of you sketching along with me, I adore seeing your lovely art in answer to my prompts. Yeah, it's still just me at the helm of it all, which means that I can't always comment and get way behind on almost everything. But I hope you know, I'm still seeing what you make and reading your lovely post. That's never changed because it fuels me. Truly, it's my oxygen. Sketching something each and every day is quite a thing to attempt. It's a solitary experience when I do it, but then what? There's a saying that goes, if a tree falls in a forest and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? Who cares, right? We make things to share with others. 
Even things we make for ourselves and special loved ones will ultimately get shared with other people at some point. Why? Because we're proud of what we create and we totally should be. I've posted many things that I truly thought were not my best work, but I adore them because they're my work. Something I made that day that didn't exist the day before. It's as though a truly magical moment occurred and seriously, everyone should know about this new thing that was just created. Yep, that's totally how a child thinks thrilled about what they made happen and fearless in their exhibition of it. And with social media, we all get the opportunity to be regular and enthusiastic exhibitionists, which sounds like something else entirely I know, but it made me giggle, so I went ahead and said it that way. I adore social media for all of the connections it makes, but do get a bit tired of the bits that feel like high school. I had fun in high school, but we were all too old at that point to truly celebrate the beauty of life. To really get to that feeling, we'd have to go back much farther in time to remember what it was like to experience the simplest of things for the first time. The time just before someone told us how we should feel. That's the exact time I like to channel each time I sit down to scribble-doodle-color something every day. I just want to make a little something and enjoy every moment of making it like I did back then. Sure, I want it to get better and I want to learn awesome new techniques from brilliant teachers, but I don't want to ever lose that feeling of simply showing up like I know nothing at all. And equally, never once fretting over the fact that others are making far more brilliant paintings while I just showed up in my coloring book yet again today and found myself making marbles. Serious Play While thinking about a prompt of heroes and villains once, a mischievous kitty cat came to mind, which could be either one, really. So that's what we ended up with that day. I've mentioned my cat allergies before, but I still adore them and love sketching them, and it's always like getting a kitty of my very own, if only virtually. And I adore watching cats play, from a safe distance, of course. They seem so intent on what they're doing, even if what they're doing is a bit naughty and not something their owners think they should be doing. When it's time for a bit of play, cats are seriously focused. In many ways, I feel like a cat when I'm sitting down to make my little doodle wash each day. I scribble my outline and then doodle around it with a pen and erase the pencil. Then I start splashing some color in and bat that around like a ball of yarn. While I'm doing so, I achieve a level of focus that I lack much of the rest of the day. It's a zone where I'm intent on having a wonderful time and enjoying the moment as it happens. Not the process, as I don't really have a strict one of those, but simply the moment itself. It's a magical moment where a blank sheet of paper gets transformed. That awesome and heroic moment where a villainous little kitty cat prepares to attack an innocent plush animal right there on a page of my sketchbook. It's indeed a bit strange to be allergic to an animal you resemble so much. While I'd love to think I'm a cuddly puppy, in so many ways I'm a finicky cat instead. I enjoy the company of others, but also quite happy just being off on my own in my own little world. Perhaps that's why I enjoy sketching cats. There's a kindred spirit there that I just can't quite explain. But I have to admire such focus when it comes to playing around. That's the trait that cats and I share and I cherish. I've mentioned before that I'm not a watercolor painter. This is a completely different sort of discipline and one I absolutely love, so I promote it as much as possible on my site. 
seriously, if you haven't looked through the archives of the amazing watercolor painters on doodlewash.com, stop listening to this dribble right now and do check them out. My own approach is simply taking a sketch and coloring like one might in a coloring book, just like I did when I was a kid. For me, it's a moment to shake hands with my inner child and follow my heart. My heart just wants to sketch and color, so that's what I do. Yet every little approach to color and blending has been influenced by those awesome master teachers who have inspired me. So sure, I still just colored my sketchbook, but those amazing artists taught me everything I know, so please check out their classes. You can find a link to my recommended art classes at sketchingstuff.com. What I adore most about this art journey is that I can soak up all of the wonderful tips and tricks that I find and apply them in a way that's unique to me. This uniqueness is quite impossible to avoid as each of us possesses a beautiful and very unique talent. So if you like what I make and would like to paint like me, then that's rather easy. Just embrace your inner child and hand the paintbrush over, forgetting any of the adult rules you might have in your head. I'm so thrilled when people enjoy my coloring pages. I've spent the entire existence of my site celebrating the wondrous things that watercolor can achieve, and I'm honored to have featured some of the world's most amazing artists. This has been a lesson in humility as I share so much work that is far superior to my own skills. But each time, I learn a little something in the process, and I hope you do as well. My heroes when it comes to watercolor inspire me each and every day. I don't have the patience or time to create what they made happen, but that never stops me from showing up with my own quick little doodle wash version. Someday, I'll make that large-scale watercolor painting, but for now, I'm quite happy just showing up each day for a bit of serious play. For the love of birds. When I first started sketching, a group of artists, bloggers, and myself would all post a sketch of a bird on the eighth day of each month, so I often put a bird prompt on that day during my monthly challenges. This original art gathering was a year-long extension of the actual Draw Bird Day, which takes place on April 8th each year. And from this experience, I realized I rather adore sketching birds. I've sketched quite a few on my journey, but thankfully nature has thousands to choose from each time. I once chose a couple of European bee eaters because I was captivated by the colors. As the name suggests, these are insectivorous creatures who enjoy eating all types of flying insects, but seem to find bees, wasps, and hornets particularly yummy. Though they are visually lovely, not everyone is a fan, particularly beekeepers who have a warranted disdain for them since they devour over 250 bees a day. Even though bees are small, this still seems like an astounding number to me. And since they feed in the open, there are many stunning photos of them catching their prey in mid-flight. Until, of course, I stop to consider that they're eating bugs, and then the little boy in me just scrunches up his face and says, Ew, gross. Philippe is a huge fan of the original Jurassic Park movie and dinosaurs in general, so that's another reason I enjoy birds, since they are our living dinosaurs. And each time I consider it, I'm so incredibly thankful that they've shrunk in size since that time. What's fun on a movie screen would be perfectly terrifying were it to land in your backyard. 
though birdwatching would certainly become much easier and not even require binoculars. What I've found is that the most colorful birds outside of a cardinal are rather rare where I live, so sketching them is a fun excuse to learn and discover different kinds of birds. A sort of virtual form of bird watching, which as many of you know, can easily distract me and it's any wonder I managed to make a sketch at all. I try to stick with birds, but darn if those cute cat videos don't lure me in every time. So I quickly leave the video world and go back to just reading about birds, like I did when I was a kid. It's fun to learn new things that just yesterday weren't a part of my knowledge. That said, there's only so much trivia one brain can hold, so I'm not sure how much of it I actually retain. I've no idea if knowing a bit more about your subject matter makes it easier to sketch, but I do know is that, at least for me, it makes the whole experience more well-rounded and fun. I get to gleefully be that little geeky kid I once was and enjoy the fact that I'm still that little geek. That silly, goofy kid who wanted to learn more about every single new thing he discovered. The one that felt the act of learning was an experience in itself. This is why I hold that little kid close to me as I sketch and paint each day. I often need to be reminded that the act of learning something is the very thing itself. The outcome isn't nearly as important. As most of us now realize, when it comes to watercolor, there's a certain lack of control and absolutely no guarantees. In truth, sometimes I think watercolor is in itself a commercial for just about any other medium. It's unruly. We have limited attempts to paint on top of it, and we're simply stuck with the end result. And that's exactly the reason I adore it. If I knew I could simply rework a painting for several years like Da Vinci did with his oil painting of Mona Lisa, I'd probably collapse in fear and frustration. Instead, I prefer the spontaneous moment that happened only today as I made a little something just for the love of birds. For the first time again. While thinking about a prompt of pets once, my mind immediately leapt to a puppy and a kitten. I adore watching any baby animal explore the world for the first time and discover new things. It reminds me of my own grown-up life and that no matter how much I think I've learned, there's always something new to discover. And better than that, there's those things I often take for granted worthy of reviewing again with fresh eyes. It's tough to have fresh eyes as an adult. So much of what we see is already emblazoned in our brains with a preconceived notion. We already know what this or that is, and it's tough to stop and look at something without all of those rules rushing to mind. Beyond the visual cues that protect us, like don't touch fire, it's hot and will seriously burn you, there are tons of other bits of knowledge that can block our ability to see the world through the eyes of a child. A world of wonder and possibility that just takes a lot of trying and doing to make it even more wonderful. As many of you know, I really don't like to hear about don'ts, only do's, and that's the very core of the manifesto I use to create Doodle Wash. Unless you plan to save someone's life in the process, telling a person not to do something is simply a matter of opinion. I love and support all sorts of opinions, especially when it comes to art, but I never let them stop me from continuing to see the world with my own fresh eyes and forge my own path in the process. 
Much of my life, I've spent saying yes to new things. I've tried a million different things from professional acting to singing to producing movies. In every case, I had no proof whatsoever that I would actually be able to do these things. I just thought they'd be fun to try. And though I wasn't the most notably amazing at any of the things I've tried, I worked hard enough to be sure I wasn't the worst, so I was pleased with the outcome. Yes, focus has and continues to be an issue with me. Were I to focus all of my energy into a single thing, I'd probably be much more successful. But I'm not built that way. So I have to do things my own way instead. I created little hacks in my approach to life to compensate, watercolor included, of course, as I break lots of rules in my approach to it. But I realized something recently when I quizzed my friends who had tried watercolor with me and loved it at the very beginning. These were the folks who attended those doodle-wash dinners I instigated when I very first started blogging, and the same people who rushed out afterwards to buy more art supplies. Not one of them is still painting with watercolor today. Why? Everything we try is fun in the beginning until we actually learn how it's supposed to be done. So how did one guy out of that whole group keep moving forward and paint each and every day since that time? Was he simply crazy? Well, perhaps, but I think the real answer lies in the one guy's approach to it all. As Edward Degas once said, painting is easy when you don't know how, but very difficult when you do. So how did that one guy do it? He learned all he could and still does every day, but whenever he felt frustrated, he just went back to the beginning. Yeah, that guy's me, by the way. Throughout my art journey, I've experienced moments where I just wanted to quit. I felt like I wasn't getting any better, that I was stuck in a rut, and that what I made simply wasn't unique or relevant at all. Yeah, none of that is true, is it? If you've listened this far, then you must feel like what I do is indeed relevant and unique. See how that adult mind works? It can block us from moving forward. And thinking back to those doodle wash dinners and my original intent when I started the site has been rejuvenating. It's given me my place in all of this. I'm the guy you come to when you have those moments of doubt. The big silly kid who doesn't play by the rules and sits just outside of all the various memes and trends. While not remotely cool enough to be considered a rebel, I'm just the voice of reason. If you don't like something, stop doing it and try something else instead. But if you don't like the rules of something, try changing them first before you give up. That's what I did. And it's why I'm still here showing up each and every day. Sure, I follow those rules sometimes when it brings me joy and to practice, and one day I'll go back to all of them and have another go. But these days, I just enjoy spending each one, enjoying the world for the first time again. Learning how to grow. When I first started sketching daily, I had high hopes of the level that my art would reach a few years later. It's now been over three and a half years, and in many ways, the improvement has been rather slow. But I realize now, I didn't actually have a goal in mind. I just showed up sketching stuff. This was quite fun and took all of the pressure off me, but now I'm thinking about where I'd like to go next. As it turns out, learning to draw and paint was the easy part. Learning how I'd like to take my sketching to the next level is the real challenge. 
This month I've been playing around with stylizing things a bit more and adding less detail and with varying degrees of success. I want to be a touch more illustrative with my sketches and learn new techniques, but I also want to write books as well. It turns out there's just not that many hours in the day and even fewer when your dreams are still just your side hobby and not a full-time endeavor. There's only so much I can do in just one hour a day that includes both sketching and writing. But that never stops me, and it's amazing what one can accomplish in just a little bit of dedicated time each day, so I happily recommend it to everyone. Earlier this month, I drew three giraffes on one page, a challenging thing indeed, and I was rather pleased with the outcome. Then I went back to my archives and realized that was the ninth time that I'd sketched a giraffe. Since I changed things up daily, this was a bit of a record. And because I only have around 40 minutes a day for my sketching, this means I've still only spent six hours of dedicated time studying and sketching giraffes. But for me, that's huge. If I tried to spend that much time drawing them in a single day, I'd never do it. In short, I somehow managed to trick myself into investing more study in this one animal and can now draw one from memory. There are no shortcuts when it comes to practice. It just takes time. My dog Phineas is another one of my favorite repeat subjects, and so I was able to sneak him into one of my sketches during the holidays with just a few lines and color. What I've learned is that I'm far more comfortable at stylizing and simplifying something when I've studied it really well, both to understand the most important lines, but mostly to get all of that detail out of my system first. Every person is very different. The thing that makes us the same is that we're always most comfortable with the things we do most often. And no matter what, the good news is, it just takes lots and lots of practice. That's wonderful news because it means that anything is possible if we just invest the time to get there. Though I don't have much time each day, that time adds up and I always learn a little something new in the process. It's all a matter of baby steps and though I would love to be able to do what the big kids can do, I'm just not quite there yet. Sure, I have my own style and charm, but the actual skills are hard won by doing at least a little something each day. I encourage everyone out there to sneak that extra little bit of time in every single day to do whatever it is you'd like to get better at doing. If nothing else in this journey, I've proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's totally possible to make something every day. Unlike me, you don't have to actually post it, but I personally find that's a fabulous part of the process. It's like when I was a little kid and eagerly showed my mother what I made that day, excited to try again the next day while I was learning to grow. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Thank you.